city to city, state to state, worldwide. You're listening to the In The Zone Network. This is Ladies and gentlemen all over the world, it's about that time for the new top-rated mental health podcast. Check on your strong friends with the queen of bouncing back, Lauren Spearman. So grab a snack, sit back and relax because it's about to get real. Hello, everybody. This is Lauren Spearman, the host of Check on Your Strong Friends podcast. And I would like to welcome you guys today to the podcast. This is our season finale episode. And our guest is none other than former state representative of the 78th District, activist, battle rapper, poet, and St. Louis Superman, Mr. Bruce Franks Jr. I am so excited that you would would come and um, it, it's been something that's been on my my vision board and my wish list for a long time. So when I said that on the live and you responded, it was just like manifestation. So I thank you so much for being here. And you are joined by, as I said, one of your A1 since day ones, yeah. who is also my manager, podcast coach, consultant, marketing extraordinaire, 14-year entrepreneur. <laughs> all that. No, every, give her all of every week, there's, a, there's an additional title. I'm <laughs> like, I didn't even know I did that. That's because every week you add something. Uh, right. We, we, could, we could say arborist. We could add in all <laughs> oh, that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Queen of merchandise. She just dropped a new t-shirt line. The legendary JP CEO is in the building. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. They came pistol. To. That's what I call <laughs> So I'm just glad as I was, you know, telling you prior to this, you've done an amazing press run this weekend, and we've uh, been able to experience you running down your uh, political career, the activism, how you've been on the front lines, and how you've been going forth in all these different causes from Mike Brown to um, George Floyd and everything that's been going on in Phoenix. And those are extraordinary things, and we're definitely going to touch on that. But I just want to jump right in and talk about who Bruce is, Bruce as the man. Mm -hmm. So I felt like it was fitting to have JP to join us and kind of help us to dissect that and and jump in and kick things off. All right. So I think when I think about Bruce, I think – about packaging and how we connected to begin with, mm-hmm. right? So neither one of us has the standard packaging for who we would really are, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> so talk. people don't, they look at us and assume one thing or the other. Uh-huh. So that's what brought us together. So I want to ask, the first question is, you know, your packaging has changed as far as your resume, how surprised are people like me who see you change via your resume, but you're still, in my opinion, you're still oops. Oh, always. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to always have to train my mind to say Bruce instead of oops. I just found out about oops. I just got hit. Oh, man. oh wow. <laughs> Listen, oh, wow. I'm always oops. I tell people that all the time. It's like when it is... It's so funny that you asked me that question because when people ask me who I am, like, I introduce myself as Oops mm-hmm. before Bruce Frankenstein because that's who I was. And even in, like, the transition, people still knew me from Oops. When I ran for office, people from the hood who knew me from Oops was the ones who were running to the polls. They, like, I remember the Peabody. I was telling this story. 
the Peabody's was where I, you know, I represented that area too. Mm-hmm. And I remember them calling my campaign office like, "Hey, what's Oop's real name? We we know he on the ballot. Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> we trying to we trying to we vote trying for to him, vote for him, right? Uh-huh. And so when when JP talk about this packaging, it's like we've and she she the same way. Like we've we've stayed who we are, who people know us to be. The resume just got longer, right? So mm-hmm. we just took we just took everything that that we could apply to different areas, right? I took the streets, I took rap, I took battle rap, right? I took fatherhood, I took brokenness, I took uh, flaws, I took all of that with me, right? And I took that into politics. So when people saw me, they saw themselves. Like I wasn't trying to be suit and tie politician, articulating a certain way. Nah, I'm getting on the house floor. I tell you, I'm from 4300 Gibson. I'm from the South Side. These tattoos on my face ain't going nowhere. I'm still gonna rap. I'm still gonna bump Tupac, Biggie, and Rod Stewart at the same time. Like you got to get all of this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like when people see us, they like, Nah, that ain't. That can't be. You couldn't be a state representative. Like I got the convention center. It's a video on YouTube right now. If you, if everybody go check, it's uh. Bruce Franks gets locked out of the AFL-CIO conference. Mm. I was a keynote speaker. This is in my district, 2017. I'm still state rep. Mm-hmm. They asked me to come speak in front of thousands from all over the world, not just you know, not just United States. We get there, and security stops me at the door and says, I don't look like a state representative. And because wow. I had I had a handful of protesters, like a handful, mm-hmm. with me, they chained the doors. <gasps> like, I'm talking about straight Mr. Clark style. <laughs> chained wow. all the From doors. From Lean On Me. I'm talking about, and it was such a moment because, you know, we still end up getting in. Like, the people was like, all right, well, we coming outside. So all these people, it was like a thousand That's people powerful. outside. And so they're like, no, 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 you can come in and speak. And I, they only took a part of my speech, but I... Somewhere online, my whole speech, and I went off. I ran for office because we got to do things different. It's time that we get more people into these offices who truly represent the community in which they come from. I look like my district. I dress like my district. I talk like my district. I fight like my district. They told me I don't look like a state representative. I look like the state representative from the 78th district. I ran for office because Martin Luther King said it come a point in time when you do something, not because, not it's, because political, it's political, not, not because it's safe, it's safe but, because but because your, your conscience, conscience tells you it's right. right. In 1991, June 7th, uh, my brother Christopher Harris, uh, while I sat playing baseball, two men came out the house arguing. Uh, one pulled out a gun, one picked my brother up, um, used him as a shield. And my brother was killed at the age of nine, and I was six. Um, And fast forward to now, uh, I'm 33 years old. And by next week, I will have gone to my 161st funeral. That's why I ran for office. My name is Bruce Franks, and I am state representative of the 78th District. Because I said, look, I got to the door and they said, I don't look like a state representative. 
I look like state representative of the 78th district. I look like my people. I dress like my people. I talk like my people. I fight like my people. Mm. Right? Like, that's how I got in the office. I didn't get in office being something different. Right. I didn't get to be a leader in anything trying to be something that I wasn't. Right? I've mm-hmm. always been the same person that was going to be able to talk to you, that's going to pull up if I need if to necessary. pull up. necessary. Right? Like, <laughs> all day. Right? Because I need you to understand who I am. Too often we tell young black men and young black women, be who you are. Mm-hmm. And then we try to change everything about, about them. Yes, yeah. when they make it, get that Man. job. That's crazy. To get that Man. job, you gotta you gotta dress like this, mm-hmm. right? Hey, you, you gotta, gotta talk, talk like this. this. Yep. When I when I did my my youth my youth that I, I uh, would mentor, they didn't get the regular job orientation training. Mm-hmm. They got the man going there as you. Mm-hmm. Make them fall in love with your words and who you are, not what you got on, or not the tattoos, or not none of that. Because mm-hmm. once I open my mouth, those judgmental people quickly go to, "Oh wow, he's he's pretty intelligent." Yeah, because one of the things that you said, which JP had already kind of hit me to when you were listing, you said Rod Stewart. Oh, my and favorite when, artist. When JP told me that, I was like, no, not yes. the guy I just met the other day. So I just told her, I was just <laughs> like, you know, when I was telling her about the packaging, I was just like, you know, he's Rod Stewart. But most people don't know, like, I was a snare drummer for Drum and Bugle Corps. That's oh. classical music. Right. Mm-hmm. Looking talk. at me, people not going to get that, you mm-hmm. know. And it's uh, it's sad, mm-hmm. right? Because he hit a point. Be yourself, but don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you, but but don't. But don't. not too much, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. So it's a. Uh, I think part of what makes people like us sore is that we're strong enough to to say. I mean, I understand that it's twenty of y'all over there, but I'm gonna stay right here with these two. Mm-hmm. And we gonna roll in my own land. I've never done anything conventional. There's nothing about me that's conventional. And the people who stick stick, and those who don't don't. Oh well, mm-hmm. like I don't make that my problem. And that's where people need to get like seven billion people in the world can't have them all. Right. Relax. Go with your group. The ones that are for you. Yep. Mm-hmm. And keep it moving. People stress themselves out trying to grab all seven billion people. They really do. I agree. You can't please everybody. Yeah. I mean, say you don't like Beyonce, you getting drugged. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You're getting say, canceled. Cancel yeah, culture now. Yeah. Say you don't like the color blue, you, you automatically a blood. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's like blue may not hit my skin right. I may right. not like the way it looks. It's okay, people. Move around to the people that like blue. It's all right. That's a fact. So one of the things that kind of captivated me about the documentary was the fact that at the end it stated that you were strong enough to decide to walk away and resign because of the close deaths that you had experienced um, in that time frame. And we don't talk about depression and anxiety as it pertains to black men. So I just wanted to ask you specifically what was it what was that exact moment like when you made that tough decision and what coping mechanisms did you use to kind of uh, build yourself back up from that depression? So um, little did I know I've been depressed going through PTSD 
suffering from severe anxiety my whole life. Mm. Right? Like, we don't know. Our parents don't know. Our grandparents don't know. They don't know what to do. They just tell us what? Be strong. Be strong. Pray yeah. about it. Uh-huh. God to take care of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we grow up with this idea of being strong and what being strong looks like. We grow up with this idea of what masculinity looks like and what a man is supposed to do. And a man ain't supposed to cry. A man ain't supposed to do these things. And so when you grow up, I mean, I'm from the hood. Mm-hmm. That's what we all taught. But one thing we not taught is a couple things we're not taught. But one thing we're not taught is about mental health. Right. right. That it's okay not to be okay. It's okay to go get help. It's okay to talk to somebody. It's okay to be vulnerable, right? Right. I could tell you, from the south side, I learned a whole lot. Mm -hmm. I could get in a building if I need to and don't got no keys. Ooh. I could get in a car (laughs) if I need to that ain't got no keys, right? If you drop me off in the middle of anywhere with no money, I'm going to survive. Yeah. Because that's where I'm from. But I wasn't taught how to love. Right? Like, I wasn't taught. nobody, Nobody said it was okay to love your brother. It's okay to love women when you, you know, if you find a woman you like, it's okay to love your mama. It's okay to love your daddy if you there, mm-hmm. right? Love your kids, you're supposed to. But, like, what about my neighbor? Mm-hmm. What about my brother that, that I grew up with who ain't blood, right? right? What about the people in the name? What about those who look like me that I may not even know? How can I love them and I don't know them, mm-hmm. right? So we wasn't taught that. And so through all these years, I've been going through gun violence. I've been losing close people, you know, my whole life. And I was just taught to keep. You know, keep going, keep strong. And I never had that chance to mourn because a week later you was losing somebody else. A week later you was losing somebody else. And so it got to the point where, you know, I kind of just took that on. And when I was in office, it was different because I had went from mentoring these young people to trying to create policies, put money into the budget, like Mm -hmm. to put my money where my mouth is now. Like I've helped them get jobs. I've helped them flourish. But how am I going to change systems that's going to make sure that this stands forever when I'm gone, when my son is mentoring, when my daughters are mentoring, when their kids are mentoring, right? Well, they have the resources that was built, the foundation that was built now in order to carry it on. And it was hard because I was losing my young people, right? I was Mm -hmm. saving a lot of young people, but I was still losing too many of them, right, to the streets. That played on me. The, the wear and tear of politics as a whole. People will tell you to run for office, mm-hmm. but they will not tell you the in-depth trauma, strain, the, the malicious attacks, like the real about politics, right? Ooh. Politics, me and Yo Banga was talking about this. Like, politics is worse than the streets, it's way worse than the streets. At least in the streets, it's a couple people that still got codes, right? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a couple people that still live by certain codes where it's a, it's a level of respect, respect for the hood yeah. or, or, you know, what well, we ain't going to do this over here because that's still, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Politics, everybody cutthroat. Anything goes. Every, because you got so many people upholding this status quo that the only power that they've ever had came from politics. So the scare that it might go away, the scare that something might change, the scare that this young cat with tattoos on his face might ignite a whole bunch of people who wasn't involved in the process, and then that's really going to change ideas, and they actually mm-hmm. going to have to do work. work. They actually yeah. going to have to show up in a the community. They're actually going to have to have measurable outcome for the stuff that they've been doing. It scares them. Mm-hmm. So they're willing to come at you and go at you at all costs. Cost, right? The good thing about me was... I'm really from the hood. 
So if you really wanted to take it there, like the ultimate, oh, we ready for that. Like I do that. We got our PhD in that. But mm-hmm. it got to the point where, no, we're going to do you like we did all of our leaders back in the day. Right? We're going to attack your character. Yeah. We're going to find the things that are, are closest to you. We're going to attack that. Mm-hmm. Right? And when you put it out there, a lot of our people, especially our older people, I ain't going to lie. Right? Especially our older people, they grasp on to whatever's said by whatever news outlet, by whatever uh, established politician that may have been there for 40 years that's no longer there, there now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Thank you, Cory Bush. But... At the end of the day, like, they grasp on to these, right? And so now you're getting beat up in the media. You're going through divorces at, at home. Yeah. Right? you losing people. You work full-time at a place where you make $24,000 a year, but you really only take 11000 home because you're paying insurance for all your kids and you're paying child support, and you still got to survive off that while taking care of business. So you're talking about the mental strain, the financial strain, the yeah. physical strain. Like I was a hundred when I left St. Louis, man, I was hundred and twenty nine pounds. I'm one seventy now. JP, I ain't never, you ain't, I ain't never had no muscles ever. So I'm gonna wear all these tight shirts because like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I like how I look, you yeah. know. But that that strain was was so much. And then August of 2018, I lost the closest person to me outside of my. My brother, my sister, my mama. Um, was that Sylvester? That was, I lost Sylvester. Sylvester, okay. Sylvester was my best friend. He was the best man in my wedding. He oh, was wow. like, I mean, where where I went, you seen Sylvester. Like you couldn't you couldn't see one of us and know us without asking about each other, right? Mm. And so um, I lost him, and it was it was so hard because I hadn't talked to him in like a year, a year and some change. Because I was wow. so busy. Busy right? with the political life. All of this, right? Politics, what I'm doing in the streets. And so I'm taking that time with those who I love for granted. Mm-hmm. And when I got, the, I'll never forget when I got the call, I was with Mike Brown Sr. Like we was in front of Ferguson Market. He had wanted to shut down the market for 30 days and, you know, I was going to show up for him. So mm-hmm. he was actually sitting there and I said, bro, I'm a, I got to go. To the south side, I got up and walked. And when I got to the car, they called me. And when they called me, I think I, I let out like this loud yell. Oh my God. And Mike Brown came running over there. And he's like, What's going on? And I told him. But then I had to drive all the way to South County to the hospital because he was still there. And my godmother, who is Sylvester's mom, she like, mm-hmm. Look, I don't care how long he take, don't touch him till his brother get there. Everybody else was there. I'm all mm-hmm. in North County. She like, don't touch him till he get here. Don't touch him. So I'm flying down the highway. I'm so glad I didn't get pulled over. I wouldn't have stopped. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I was going to make it. And so that, you know, burying Sylvester was hands down the hardest thing. I, it was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. And so I never really bounced back from that. And then that November, um, my best friend, Lisa, mm-hmm. um, know other closest person to me all her kids are my god kids you know I coached them in football I you know I was there I was there for the for the daddy donuts when you know they pops couldn't be there or whatever mm-hmm. right and my 16 year old godson uh Jerry and we we call him daddy uh he was killed Jesus and at that point I was like you know what I don't 
I saved a lot of people I don't know, but I can't say the people closest to me. So mm. the depression really set in. They had been shooting the documentary already. And I remember December of 2018, I sat at home in the dark. My lights was off. Like off, off. Disconnected. Disconnected off. Mm -hmm. I sat there. It was candles. I had a gun, a loaded nine. I had a bottle of prescription pills. And I had a bottle of liquid promethazine. Mm. And I sat there, and I remember looking at it and taking everything that I had been through, all the pain that I've been through, and saying to myself that I know how to get rid of the pain. Mm. Like, I know what it's going to be like if I don't have to go through this no more. I don't have to worry about nothing. Like, these are the thoughts that's going in my head. And the scariest thing about that when I think back on it is JP will tell you, like, I'm a person that's not a scared, I'm not scared of death at all. Like, never been. I'll run mm. Ferguson, shootouts, whatever it is. Like, I'm running to the fire. I've never been one to run away, right? So this idea that I'm not scared of death, but I'm contemplating taking my own life, like, that's a scary combination when you're yeah. able to take a step back and look at it, but you don't think about it when you're there. And I'll never forget uh, Smirthy Mundra, who was um, one of the superheroes that made St. Louis Superman. Yeah. She texted me. She said, it's on my heart to text you. Are you okay? And I said, no, I'm not. And she said, I don't know what you're going through, but I got something that'll make you feel better. And that was the first time I seen the first cut of St. Louis Superman. Wow. And I watched it on my phone. And, like, I mean, I would, it got me from the first part because the scene with my son was yeah. the first scene. I just bust out crying. Like, oh, man, I was about When it to. came on and you guys are singing, we ready, I'm just, like, yeah, so powerful. Yeah. And so it's, it's when you talk about that, like, I'm so open when it, to talk about my suicide. I'm so open to talk about the, the depression because I know it's so many of us who go through it. Mm -hmm. where this stigma has been put on it to the point where we are embarrassed or we are scared or it makes us uncomfortable to talk about. And so I talk about it so a lot of us won't necessarily have to talk about it out loud, but they come to me in my inbox. They come to me, you know, when they see me and they say, thank that's the thing I'm thankful for more than anything now yeah. is, you know, the fight for mental health, the, the, the talking out loud about mental health and, that makes me, that, that's therapeutic for me, right? That's mm -hmm. part of my coping mechanism is really talking and being upfront about it because it's, this is my version. This, me talking to you is my version of a punching bag, right? Mm -hmm. of, of getting all frustration off. It's my version of, of running around, you know, going to jog or exercising. Then when it came to, to coping with, with those, uh, you know, all of those different things, I had to learn that anxiety ain't nothing you can cure, mm -hmm. right? Like, Anxiety is is the the messed up roommate that's just gonna be there, yeah, <laughs> right? You can you can treat it or try yeah. to um, subdue the subdue symptoms, it, but it's but not going. It doesn't go away, and that's where we go wrong when we say we want to get rid of it. How can we get rid of it? And then we start having all these these thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. And so what I learned to I learned to 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 find solitude in the things I love, right? Mm -hmm. I love to sing. 
JP also told me that we had like a whole yeah. pre-conversation like, I where love, I was like, what? It's only a couple people that know I could actually hold a note. Because right? I asked her, I was I'm going to ask if he'll sing like a bar of something. Yeah, oh, yeah I definitely <laughs> sing. But uh, it's, I never, I stopped singing so long ago and the only person I sing for my mama. Mm. Right, my mama, she'll call me. You like, man, it's gorgeous, by the way. Like, I'm, right. I'm like, is this his sister in this? Yeah, my mama, fine, boy. <laughs> she is. Yeah. She doesn't look like she has a son. So, so I think that's an interesting point, right? Yeah. So we started out talking about, you know, the, the, package. the packaging. So, you know, to say he can't hold a note, which is one of the things that I that I told you. But there's still so many other things. Like I can remember. <laughs> Um, just some of the performances, mm-hmm. right? And and he wasn't lying when he said that I'd have to pull him off a DJ or two. Pistol would have to come through. <laughs> Pistol would have to come. <laughs> hey, what's our, look, me and Pistol got a saying. Like, we got a mantra that we live by. Mm-hmm. And we always say, to the wheels fall to off. To the wheels fall off. Wow. Because she, listen, I'm, listen, this, this woman right here, when, when I ain't have a dollar in my pocket, mm. when I couldn't pay my phone bill, when I needed somebody to talk to, when I needed a manager, when I needed a friend, when I needed an auntie, when I needed somebody to hug, when I needed somebody to lean on, when I needed somebody to, so we could make fun of other people so we could feel good. <laughs> like, this, is, this was who I leaned on, right? This the is legend. the person. This is the person that when I met her, I just moved back from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. These were the first folks that that opened. And I, I was so disenfranchised with the process. I had deals that fell through. I had managers that played me. I had managers that played me on major deals, right? With the music business. With the music. like mm-hmm. So it was hard for me to trust people, right? It was very hard for me to trust people. But for us, it was instant mm-hmm. because I felt it, right? And I felt at the time, this was bigger than music. This was bigger than entertainment because of the way we rocked with each other. And then to come down the line and just figure out all these different ways that we connected family and, and, mm-hmm. and friends and- Mutual people that you It knew. just all made sense. It fell into place. And one, I, one thing I could say about any relationship that I've had in St. Louis, I've lost a lot of friends that's still alive and breathing. Listen, right? that's where I am right now. I lost a lot of friends that, and I ain't, and I ain't lost no sleep over it, right? Mm-hmm. Like. You know who, me and JP, we ain't got to talk for, we ain't, we ain't got to see each other. We ain't seen each other in how long? It's been like five, six years. Five or six years. We ain't lost a step. It's still all love. It's always, whether it's a mm-hmm. quick comment on a post that just say, to the wheels fall off. You will see it. You'll mm-hmm. see T-W-F-O all the time. We just type it. Because that's, that's just it's how beautiful. it's always been, right? And so when you have that type of relationship, man, that's something you got to, that, that's another thing that helped, right? That's always helped me because she's always found the right times to tap in. And it could be just a Facebook stat, just an inbox, just a, she ain't got my new number. Mm. And we've been able to, to still stay in contact, which I got to change that. But we've yeah. been able to stay in contact. It's like when you, when you find genuine people in your life, Hold on tight. Oh, man. When I say hold on, like, I'm talking about with with, with the death grip. Mm-hmm. Because it's so it's so genuine. People are like unicorns right now. It's right. Man, and people don't people don't understand that. When when I was managing artists, like, it, it was. It was bigger than just entertainment. 
mm-hmm. right? It was bigger. Like I was at coordinating baby showers. I Real was, tough. you know, at birthday parties. I was, you know, buying video games for birthday presents. Like, mm-hmm. and I've always operated like that. And something that I, I don't know if I've ever said publicly, like in my private life, though, mm-hmm. I would get completely beat up about it. Like, mm-hmm. you do too much. You do too yeah. much. Mm-hmm. You do too much for your clients. You do too much. You do too much. People in relationships and, don't understand. Yeah, and you know what What ended up happening is, um, you know, you start paying attention, mm-hmm. right? Just at some point, you just start paying attention. And I'm like, wow, it's really real that some folks just don't know how to love. They only yeah. breathe through survival. And I was just asked today why I hold on to, and it's it's funny, but Motre is the R&B group that I used to manage. They would, like, still to this day, Mm -hmm. I still, I was making fun of people. I was like, I get more random I love you texts from men than I do women. I'm just (laughs) saying. I'm just keeping it real. But it's, 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 it's Bruce. Mm-hmm. It's Motre. It's mm-hmm. it's all of these AD, all of these yep. guys that, you know, still show love. But I was uh, someone was saying how uh, I interact with TB2 and DJ Radar, and I told Radar. them, yeah, <laughs> I told them I said, you know, probably right at forty, which was five years ago. Mm-hmm. I just aged myself. Uh, I really, really started focusing on people who love me out loud. Facts. That's good. Right? Because mm-hmm. there, there are people who are probably going to hear this, and they'll hit me up, right? I think you're the best thing since sliced bread, blah, 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 but they won't love me out loud. Real talk. Right? Wow, with and their that's actions. Cool. And that's cool because I realized, right, because of packaging and because what, of what you said behind closed doors, you can't love me out loud. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's cool. I'll tell you thank you. And then I'll pour into the people who aren't ashamed that love me out loud. Right. And mm-hmm. I just, and, and, and then what I realized is, like, that when that moment happened, like, someone that I had saw was dating 17 years ago reappeared and has no problem loving me out loud. And wow. that's, that's, that's my drive. When people was what are you doing? How much stuff, how many jobs you have? This, this, that, and the other, this, this, that, and the other. I met Lauren, what, how many months ago? Well, it was actually the first Has time we had an encounter. July was, 10th. Yeah. Yeah, when I July you, 10th. This woman has called me JP CEO, the legend, since then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I talk about the way that Tanya Rush greets me, which I can't say, but she, <laughs> when I enter a room, she says, JP, you're I the ish. Tanya. You're the ish to me. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's literally. She's so dope. That is literally how she has greeted me for almost a decade. So, Tanya Rush called me, I'm coming. Shout Lauren out to calls Tanya. me, I'm coming. Right. Those boys, Motrey, I call them the boys. Anybody she who know me, know them, I call them the boys. <laughs> if one of them call me, and he'll tell you, he wasn't the only one that'll flip over a table. I don't know. Facts. <laughs> you know, don't, you can't mess with my boys. Like, that's not, I didn't care who it was, and God bless them all, because... You know, some of them are now wives, but I'll get up in your face. You mess with my boys. I didn't play that game. He'll tell you. Yeah. I didn't play that. I didn't play that. And and it's, I hold on to those people. And I yeah. love in advance. I love in advance. And, you know, everybody's too gangster and, you know, and all that. Not me, man. Um, 
I've lost too many people. Right. I've yeah. lost too many people. Like, how much more has to happen before we realize, like, you really do need to check on your strong friends. You do. Like, you do, absolutely. for real. Like, absolutely. One of my best friends fusses at me all the time. You work too much. You work too much. But she'll, she'll slide through. Like, let me cook you and pop some meal real quick so you don't have to worry about it. To me, that's golden. That's yeah, take golden. something off of my plate. Yeah, while people trying to be gangster and petty, like the people who love me out loud are the people I pour into. It is what it is. And I think that's what I took away most from your documentary is I watched you go through the motions of being super dad, super activist, super politician, super son. I mean, all the different roles that you play, how you literally carry the whole city of St. Louis on your back, the whole young black generation and culture of protesters on your back. But at the end of the day, even you knew when you had to lay it down. Even you knew when it was too much. So who is it that you have that checks on Bruce, that makes sure Bruce is good, and that you can vent to when you need to get it out? Man, um, I got a couple people. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom, though, mm-hmm. like everybody know, way off it. My mom, the greatest, greatest <laughs> keep creature that ever walked the face of this earth. Like. Mm-hmm. My mom is my man. My mom is my everything, you know. And so, um, I always been a mama's boy, mm-hmm. right? Like, I'm the toughest mama's boy you ever gonna meet, you know. That's because my mama was tough. <laughs> and so, exactly. it's um, like being able to talk to my mom. Oh, I've always been able to have open conversations with my mom. My mom knew everything first, right? Mm-hmm. Like all my ups, downs, where I tripped at. Hold on, mom, I think I tripped with her. Oh, what I need to do. Like, what you do? Yeah, you trip. <laughs> you know? And so, like, my mom always been there for me. Uh, my little brother, Rodney, is uh, 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 him and my little sister, Ashley, like, they my, mm-hmm. they my right and left hand. Mm-hmm. And we've always had a close relationship. And I said in a movie, my brother went to jail for 16 years. Yeah. Uh, when he was 14. And so... From zero to 14, we was this. And then from 14 to right around 31, I had to talk to my brother through pen and paper. You know, I had to talk to him through the phone. I didn't see I only went to go see him twice because when that bell rung, I couldn't take him with me. Right, you know? exactly. And so when my brother got out, we picked up, we picked right back up. And so he's another person that, you know, he just calls me. Bro, what you need? Like, I'm okay in life. Like, life is good now, but he'll still, like, send me $100. Man, go get some drinks. You know? <laughs> like, man, I don't need no hair. Let me send you 200 back. Like, we right. now we battling back and forth. Back and forth. And so, like, those are those are some of the people, like, you know, that I could really pour into. Um, you know, I have other people in my life, but my brother, my sister, my mom, um, there's people that, you know, and I have a really, I have a really, I don't really go too much into my base back home simply because St. Louis messed up and I don't trust a lot of them no yeah. way, right? But mm-hmm. I have I have folks back home that, you know, in Arizona that mm-hmm. I definitely, you know, can pour into and I have a great support system there, you know, as far as, you know, just me being in the space that I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that's who, that's who, and it's funny, I wrote a poem, I'm going to send it to you. Okay. Um, I wrote a poem called The Broken Fixer, 
right? And it's about, you know, who fixes the fixer. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's who what saves this, Superman? Yes, like, that's, that's what this is all about. Yeah. Please send it to me. I wrote, I wrote that I wrote that like four years ago, four years ago. And I've lived by that poem kind of because I learned to be selfish in my nose. Mm. Right? Like, now, JP, you know, I used to hit her up like, hey, I'm going to perform, man. She's like, oh. all right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to perform over here. I'm going to perform over Like, I was everywhere. It's, it's <laughs> funny because one of my Facebook memories was just, like, the things I do for my <laughs> artists. Like, <laughs> they would have me in places that I was like, sweet baby Jesus, help me. Right. But I was there. Uh-huh. Like, I, I was there. I made I made sure. But he's right. He didn't, he didn't say no. Yeah. He wanted, and, and unfortunately, people see that as a weakness when they don't understand that really – that's that's love. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm feeding you. I'm giving you of me. Like I'm feeding you. And unfortunately, people will sit there and scrape your plate dry. Yeah. I'm talking they'll lick the plate. Both sides of the plate. Spin it on their finger like <laughs> no. it's a basketball, put it back down. Like and it's it is and it's sad. They don't realize. And I mean people have done you know, done the same thing to me, and you, you, and it, it, it is hurtful. Yeah, right. It's hurtful, but people will train you if you let them. So, you know, he, Bruce mentioned something about pen and paper. I don't think people realize how much this guy writes either. Well, just watching "Oops" in action was mind blowing to me because battle rap is not something that you can prepare ahead of time. Because you don't know what your opponent is going to say. So for me to watch him go blow for blow and specifically respond to what his opponent said and, and cut them out of the water, like that's fascinating to me how your mind works, how you can come off the dome like that. I think JP was the first person to like really identify my, my writing ability. Mm-hmm. You know, like when I was here in St. Louis, like I had a I had a popular song on the radio, mm-hmm. but like it didn't take too much effort, <laughs> you know, for that song because it was, I made the song as like a we was in we was in the studio, and I was like, man, I could make one of them songs, and they threw on the beat, and I was like, give me room, let me go on and do. Everybody's like, oh, that's a hit. I'm like, man, that ain't no hit. I, ain't <laughs> I like I could rap, rap, right? Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where like I remember. We was practicing for this show, right? Matter of fact, we was practicing for Cafe Soul, right? And so we would go out to oh, this man, studio. I, I'm going to put a disclaimer out there because I don't know how deep into this story he's going to go. <laughs> I'm a changed woman now. I, I, I do better. I do better now. So I would show up at JP. So JP is, is two coaches, right? She's Phil Jackson mm-hmm. because she just dope. She dope at taking already talented people together and making them work. Right. Right. At one time, she was managing Motre. She was managing me. She was managing my ex-wife, Dana. Like, Mm -hmm. we was all in the same, and everybody dope. You know, Dana, dope Shout out to Dana Kelly. She's a very good friend. Yeah, and Motre was like, they were, there was no other real, like, R&B groups. You know what I'm saying? And then I was was the rapper. Mm -hmm. And so, like, we all had this talent. So he's practicing for this show. And it was a show where we all performed. And at practices, JP would turn into Bobby Knight. Now, those who don't know Ooh. Bobby Knight. <laughs> I'm going to change woman. Right? <laughs> you know Bobby Knight, though. Cheers. Okay, so I can still cuss a little bit. I still cuss a little bit. 
Now, you told me about your practices before, but you didn't I tell did. me that part. Listen, <laughs> if, listen, and she, and look, JP knows the note you're supposed to hit, the word you're supposed to say, the move you're supposed to make, and like it's all calculating in her head, right? Mm hmm. And so she was singing. Shouts out to Mo Trey, them my brothers. I'm finna put y'all on blast. So <laughs> they'd be going in their motions, right? Mm-hmm. And like somebody a trip. She go to her Preston. <laughs> Look, they over there like this. And I'm like, Look, man, I just need y'all to get to it so I can get to my part where right. I rap. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just wanna rap. I love to rap. Mm-hmm. Practice, performing, it's, I, I give the same. You know, no matter what. And so I ain't gonna never forget the first time I got through it, I rapped. We did it again. I rapped another verse. We did it a third time. I rapped another verse. Like I just kept changing the verses, but they all fit. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where Santana, like, after I finished, Santana was like, man, is that, is that the fifth verse you did? I'm like, look, y'all <laughs> the one playing. I'm just trying to get my. But JP was the first person to be like, look, you can rap. But your writing, like the stuff that you say, the stuff that you're saying, like the music that you have, Traveling Man, like all these songs I had. That's still my joint. Yeah, Traveling Man, the greatest song of all time. I love Traveling Man. But she was like, she grasped on to that talent. And real talk, like she's the reason I met Dana. Like she made us work on a project that we never finished. (laughs) But it did not finish. (laughs) Like we went in there to do a project. We left out married. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So it's like That's the best. look, can you can you arrange a project for me? <laughs> so, hey. But I'll you t- know what? Like so in during that time, like people were out just performing, mm-hmm. right? Just getting on stage performing. I made sure they put on productions. Mm-hmm. Like full fledged productions. Yeah. It was intertwined. Like it was it was magical. Like when they finally got it and I had to I got to stop cussing at rehearsals. Oh, it was it was it was cold. <laughs> when I tell you the transitions were beautiful, like it was still to this day, still to this day people remember that show. Mm-hmm. Because wow. it was just that Did magical. Did anybody record that? See, back then, folks were really, really not yeah, pulling record. out their cell yeah, phones. We like, in the moment. It was in the moment. Mm-hmm. Like, actually in the moment. And Dirty Mugs was playing. Yeah, it was, it oh. was crazy. They're legendary, too. And they actually, like, we had set standing rehearsals. Like, mm-hmm. I put my name behind you, you gonna show up. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the first time I ever, like, I know. It if it's just like, me... Good. Yeah, I can I get on rehearsing. I, I look like I feel like Alan. I like, practice. <laughs> practice. Exactly. We talking about practice. Like, what you mean practice? I was like, we gonna go over the show. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, you mean like all of us? Yes, like all of you. <laughs> it worked though. It did. It, it, it did. definitely worked. It definitely so worked. another thing that that you that you mentioned, and I think, you know, maybe because I know you, I saw it, but. I want you to talk a little bit more about that process because your writing translated over into y- your career. And people, and you may not know how much I paid attention to you when you would write. Mm-hmm. Like he would completely zone out, mm-hmm. right? So the boys would be, one would be on a video game, one would be trying to call women over, the other one would be in the kitchen. He would completely zone out mm-hmm. until he was done. Mm-hmm. Like zone out. Did not hear anything, did not drink anything, 
did not eat anything. He did not move wherever spot it was, whether it was Indian style on the floor, whether it was on a couch, he literally stayed glued until he was done. That's a level of discipline that I feel like people need to hear about that yeah. led up to you getting legislation signed. Mm-hmm. I think when, so writing was always a form of therapy, but I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Right, that like that's how it, it just it worked in that way, and at that like JP right, she would come to the five one seven right. That was our, that, I was, the that was that was home base right. That's where we all stayed, and, and so it was so many people there though. We had mm-hmm. the dancers there. We had everybody. It was one big, big, weird, <laughs> dysfunctional wall, family. Dysfunctional, <laughs> fantastic family right it was weird and i mean it was really going down like they was drinking they was taking shots they was all right look i'm gonna call these girls over you know in the kitchen cooking like whatever and i I would literally be there and for me at that moment nothing else mattered nothing Mm. mattered around me i didn't hear anything right i didn't see anything it was always tunnel vision to the point where I would write, and I felt like I was writing with my eyes closed because I only seen, like, I seen the back of my eyelids without closing my eyes, right? Like, wow. I was able to really shut everybody out. Oh, completely. You know, and whether it was, that was my version of meditating or whatever, like, I never knew. But when it was time for me to write, I knew I could, I knew with this pen and this piece of paper, because we weren't really writing in phones then, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was still, I still got the notebooks that's full, right, with tape on them. Like, I bet that one finished. And I remember writing to the point where I knew I could, I knew I could paint a picture. I knew I could make people feel however I wanted them to feel with my words. If I wanted to wow. get them amped and make them fight, I could do that. If I wanted to, you know, have somebody, have one of these girls wink at me, I know I could do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever I could, whatever I put down, I knew for a fact I could do with my words because I found power in those words. And I always took to heart how powerful words was. I, that's why I hate, I've always hated the saying, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Words will kill you. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, word, Slowly. words, words mm-hmm. will destroy you. Words will uplift you. Words will get you elected. Words will get you anything that you want or anything that you don't want. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, words have so much power. power. And, and like JP said, like, when I, when I transition into politics, like, I never wrote a speech. I've never written mm-hmm. a speech. I never go in... When you was like, I'm, you know, send you the questions, blah blah blah. Like I ain't, I ain't gonna pay no attention to nothing. Like I, ain't, <laughs> I want her now. I want everything to be organic, yeah, right? Because yeah. I know I, I love what I do. I love who I am. I love the life that I've, I've lived. The rights, the wrongs, the ups, the downs. Because that's painting my story. So I'm gonna give it to you raw at all times, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but when it came to office, like I had to write this legislation. I had to write this legislation to make these folks do. What you what, wanted them to what do. What I wanted them to do for what my community. What needed to be done. Right. Because I know for a fact, it's going to be a million people here that could write this and say, hey, this is the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah we know that. What ways can I put it? What ways can I articulate this bill to get me to the floor to be able to talk, to get this Republican-ran state mm. 
to pass this bill, to get this Republican-ran state to put $9.5 million into the budget for our summer jobs program for our most, our most at-risk youth across the entire state of Missouri. Like, what way can I put words together to get you to understand that we need to identify youth violence as a public health epidemic, right? Mm -hmm. What way can I put this to get the governor to have enough grit to say, you know what, I know it's a Democrat, Black with tattoos on his face from the city of St. Louis, but I'm going to sign this bill, right? Like, And not only that, can we just highlight the fact that it was passed unanimously? Unanimously, yeah. Not Which one objection. Wild. I mean, in the same Senate, like the almost same Senate that passed my bill is the one you're hearing about right now doing all of this crazy stuff towards Kim Gardner mm. and, and the gun violence. Like, this is the same Senate that unanimously passed my bill. This is the same governor doing all this now that signed my bill into law, right? Mm -hmm. So what does that say? What does that say about the power of those words, the power those of words. those actions, right? The power of getting people to understand, look, this is what I need. I'm not taking no for an answer. Like, you can't tell me no because I got to go back to this community where I'm compressing gunshot wounds. I got to go back to this community where... I, I know that I'm going to have to come out the house and one of my youth shot, and I'm going to make it there before the police and the ambulance. Mm -hmm. right? So how, what, what way are we going to push forward on this bill in order, and what way can I construct this bill in order to get you to grasp onto it? And it's always, like, I always want people to understand, like, outside of, like, your, your story being your superpower, it's power in your words. words. And you stood there, to your credit, how you talk about how you came into this as Bruce, as yourself, as oops. You were there in a T-shirt and jeans. Oh, yeah. While it was being when signed. He, when he signed. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm not wearing no suit. Like, <laughs> no, like, this we, is so uh, dope. Want to know why? Because they called me. I was mentoring. Mm -hmm. I said, we're going to sign a bill, blah, blah, blah. I hopped on the highway. What I had on. I mean, I wasn't going, nah, we finna, we finna sign this bill. We finna. I mean, granted, it was a nice t-shirt and nice jeans, but I'm just saying just the point yeah, that. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and you even, were authentically you. Even to the point where we, if you saw the Capitol, you would see people walk in. And even if they didn't have the suit that they were putting on, they had button-up shirts and khakis on, you know, as they. Mm -hmm. I was showing, I was leaving the gym in Jeff City. You know, I had a little membership. I, you know, take a shower. I got jogging pants. I'm rooting for everybody. Black hoodie, headphones, walk into my office, turn on Rod Stewart, then turn on Tupac, and then I always played the scene from Malcolm X where they was outside and he was inside, and they was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's too much power for one man. I would mm -hmm. play, like, that was my, that was that my, yeah, that, that got me ready because I'm like, I'm going to come here and show you how much power we got, not me mm -hmm. personally. But, like, I'm coming with the power of the 78 district. You know what I'm saying? The people that's in the streets. You know what I'm saying? So, that like, that's what my, but I wasn't like any other representative. You know what I'm saying? That's probably ever walked in that bit. I'm the first one with tattoos on my face. Forever, they're going to be able to walk down the hall, and they're going to be able to point to that picture and say, you know what? Not only is that state representative Bruce Franks, that's oops. Mm -hmm. From 4300 Gibson. They got legendary battle raps. That's Oscar nominated. That, That's and these kids so going to be able to see it. That look like us. Mm -hmm. Man, that's the best. That was the best part of like politics. Cool to hell with it. 
but at the end of the day, like that was that was the best part that young people, people that look like us, people that come from where we come from, can see representation. They could see themselves in me, and that I was able anything to anything they want to do is possible. Anything you want to do, do you ain't got to settle for this. JP, show it. Why I'm finna sit up here and just manage artists when I could manage everybody? When I could create clothing? When I could have a mm-hmm. uh, Workouts when I could do all of these different things that I'm able to do and be a financial advisor and blah 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 blah. blah. Like, no, nah, so why I gotta be why I just gotta be a state rep? Why I can't be a battle rapping state rep that still go to the club, that still drink Hennessy, not too much. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that still that still like, you know, that, that that just lives within his within his truth. You know what? I got introduced and I don't remember the name of the author, but the book was called Paradox. Mm-hmm. That you can live in, you know, the and and not the or, right? So I don't yeah. have to be JP, the trainer at TBB, or, or JP, the podcast coach. I'm JP, the podcast coach, and, and the trainer mm-hmm. at TBB. Shout out to my TBB family. Yes. You know, and that is always my drive. It's the and. Mm-hmm. It's never been nothing else. It's the and. And there were times where I didn't actually even understand the and, right? Mm-hmm. I, I realized a long time ago that I wasn't running my businesses because I didn't know. I didn't know what I was doing, and I'm not that str- smart or strong by myself. I realized, like, I was being groomed to be a true servant. Like, that's who I am. And the moment that I, I became proud of that, everything happened. Like, people ask me all the time, like, how many businesses do you have? I technically only have three. But as of today, I represent about 45 brands internationally. Yeah. So you can do multiple things, and it's okay. As long Absolutely. as you're okay, it's okay. You don't have to fit in one box or another yeah, get you some Legos. Keep building. Go go up, go down, go side to side. As long as you're good. As long as when you lay your head down at night, you're good. Let other let that be other people's problem, not yours. Right. But I want to flip the conversation a little bit because I had another conversation with a, a, a person who used to perform, and we were talking about the music scene now. And... What's missing in me? I say the grind. Like I don't see the grind anymore. So I think I think it is the grind. Uh, no, I I totally agree. Um, but I also think the problem is the, the DJs mm. and the artists, the artists that came before the younger artists. Okay. I think it's the same way within the community, right? We look at the yeah. young people and we like, what the, we don't know what they. And I think these these young people is amazing, right? Oh yeah, just like these uh, young you said artists, that right? Other, uh, the other day on D Smooth's show, yeah. so I'm, I'm interested for you to repeat that because I thought that was very fascinating. Yeah. That point. And so, you think about generations that pass mm-hmm. down knowledge. All right, artists, us, we didn't pass down knowledge. I passed down knowledge. But by the time I was able to pass down the knowledge, 
the young artists was so disenfranchised with everybody else that they tried to talk to that they looked at me just like them. Mm-hmm. So I would take a step back and be like, you know what? I feel you. I ain't even mad at you for feeling the way you feel like I'm some old washed up cat that don't know what he's talking about. I get it. Because the other artists that they was trying to get help from either played them mm-hmm. or they still saw them as competition. They so they weren't trying to them. give them too much. Like, mm-hmm. it ain't enough for all of us. It's enough for all of us. Yes, it right? is. We were kind of talking about that earlier. Yeah. Um, some I've had some people tell me that I was intimidating. And I was appalled. Oh, yeah, I get that all. I, I was appalled. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I'm a teddy bear. I'm a, I'm a teddy bear. But we were talking. Oh, you intimidating, though. <laughs> I seen you walk in the room. <laughs> Oh, JP and oops to God. Oh, hell no. So uh, I was telling Lauren how, you know, I structured my business to be able to to give more freely, right? And um, that, unfortunately, a lot of people run into people who they feel like are like me. So they've been in the game for a while. They're, they're established and, you know, um, they may treat people a certain way or make them feel a certain kind of way in, th- in that I, I purposely structure my business that if you have a conversation with me because you have to get over that and you have to actually talk to me that most of the time I make a way. Mm-hmm. I literally structure my business to where the people with the bigger wallets bless me enough to where I can bless others. Right. Yeah. And, that's, and that's a big piece of what's missing. People, I, I mean, it's enough knowledge it's and enough. enough money out here for everybody. It's enough for and when it comes to these artists, when it comes to these DJs, there was a reason why I was pulling up on DJs. There's mm-hmm. a reason why I was unplugging DJs equipment. You know what I'm saying? Like, if if you was if I was at a show, I remember I ain't gonna put the DJ out there, but I remember I was I was at the club. Mm-hmm. Club packed. 20 people then came to this DJ. 20 people. Hey, man, can I hear that oops? Can I hear that oops? Can I hear that stand up? Finally, my little sister went up there. He didn't know it was my little sister. He was like, hey, can we hear that oops? Like, you know, it's going to turn up. Stand up, blah, blah, blah. I don't, with that song. <gasps> now, it's a DJ who, it's a DJ who I thought we was partners. Like, I wow. thought we was, they called. I wasn't even coming to the club. They called me. I said, okay, I'll be there in five minutes. <laughs> Came through the door, paid my admission. Walked up there. He looked at me. I said, what's up, bro? Oh, what's up, bro? It's good. I said, it's good. I said, uh, you don't mess with stand-up, bro? He's like, no, why you say that? I said, man, it's all these people that came up here. I, I heard about... You know, all these people hit me up like, man, we trying to get stand-up played, and we down here. What's up? He's like, man, ain't nobody came to me. Da, da. My little sister came walking up there. Mm. I said, it's my little sister Ashley. She ain't tell you to, uh. He's like, oh. And Ashley turned up. What you tell me? What you tell me when I <laughs> ask you? What you tell? He's like, no, I said. I plugged all this equipment. Now everybody in the club standing around like, what happened to the music? Like, you don't get to, your job mm-hmm. is to play good music. And play what the people want to hear. The, you play all these other artists from Atlanta, from New York, from the South, from L.A., right, that people, quote, unquote, want to hear. But when the city come through, and J.P. will tell you, 
Stand Up didn't get no radio play for real. Mm-hmm. But when you played it in a club, oh, the entire club sung it. Stand up. I'm from the murder capital. Yeah. Real murder capital. Yeah. You can check CNN. They say it's all factual. Whole team of shooters. You know, Pistol Pete. Mizzou Tigers, black and gold, but no whisker. Yeah. The entire club, like for the first real time, we had a St. Louis anthem. anthem. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't just a song we could grasp onto because the artist was from St. Louis. We had an anthem, anthem right? Our song. Like you had me, you had Rest in Peace to my cousin LJ Huey. You had Huey on, on mm-hmm. the song. You had Motray on the hook. Like you had the best of all these worlds. Worlds. You had the up-and-coming artists who've been banging out here in the street. You had the R&B. Then you had the cat who didn't made it all come together. Y'all want to play this song? Why? At one time, I had the hottest, I had the hottest artist. I had Waka on Louis Dip Remix. Back when Waka was doing, oh, let's do it. Like, wow. Hopped That's on at my the song. peak of his career. Yeah. They wouldn't play the song because y'all didn't like Waka. But y'all playing all his other Y'all play all his other music. But y'all wouldn't play my music. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. forming these relationships with these DJs. Like, I had DJs who I rock with. And the radio mm-hmm. DJs and some of the other DJ club, the, the, the best and highest level DJs rocked with me. Mm-hmm. Right? That was a relationship that I formed. But it was that same generational pass down. It was like, all right, what you going to give to the artist? That? Because, you know, it's dope. Hot, hot 1041 do the, you know, STL, hot list, blah, blah, blah. But I've always had a problem with that. Like, don't yeah. pigeonhole our artists to think that they local artists, right? Like, you mm-hmm. got the power to do. We travel, right? We And we travel. You think out of St. Louis, we did a show in Washington, Missouri. <laughs> wow. Shout out to... Washington, Missouri. We, Washington, Missouri booked us often. Often. Wow. Like, and they paid. And, yes. And we <laughs> rocked it. Washington, <laughs> they Missouri. They booked us often. The most insane. And it was a little daiquiri bar that was probably mm-hmm. a third of the size of this room, but they had this outdoor stage and patio. And it had, a, it had another level to it. Yeah. It was packed. Every single time. Every single time. But wow. we couldn't. But let it come to performing at the loft, performing at, you know, one of these other spots. So when you talk about these young, I tell these folks all the time, I say, I, I see why these young artists feel the way they feel, mm-hmm. right? We talk about them so bad. Yeah. Oh, that ain't hip hop. Well, what's hip hop? Because when hip hop first came out, the older people were saying the same thing. Yeah. Well, we don't know what that is. We don't know what that music is. Like, y'all ain't gonna never make no money doing it. That's what they was telling artists then. We we mad at the, the, the young people for wearing skinny jeans. Oh, the way they dress, they don't even but y'all I wasn't saying nothing to Prince. Oh. Prince is the most amazing, one of the most amazing artists to ever live. But yeah. you ain't said nothing about Prince, but you mad at young thug and then the younger Cats who look up to Young Thug like, oh, well, that's my style, right? Like, we, put, we try to put these young artists into su- such, a, such a box. When it, comes to, when it comes to that idea of mumble rap or whatever, I mean, I think it's all dope. Mm-hmm. I don't understand I ain't, it. I ain't going to lie. I can, if I can't, like, absorb what you're what saying, you're saying, I get lost. 
you know, I'm 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 gonna need to be able to send me the lyrics then, and I can read along well, at for least. For me, the beat at least has to catch me, so at least I could buy my head to yeah, it if I don't know what I, I'm saying. I, I, so I call it drive by shooter music because I don't know what to do with it. I don't know, I don't know what to do. So for me, the younger people like, I don't even gotta get it. Yeah. Because I know my 16 year old daughter. Mm-hmm. We get in a car. She like, Daddy, let me let me play you this song on your iTunes. Like the reason why I'm listening to Rod Wave, the reason why I'm listening to, uh, you know, these younger artists, is because, you know, the baby, little baby, all the babies. Like, right. I'm listening to them because my daughter. This is what they listen to, and it's and I, some of it is hot, right? Like the the hottest artist in St. Louis, you know, who making this noise. Um, Thirty Deep Grimy is one of my mentees. Wow! Like I, I post the pictures when I. Well, if you scroll down my page, you see me post the pictures of the young man's and the blue graduation stuff. Like mm-hmm. he's in that picture. Like I made sure he got his diploma. I made sure that he was working. Like yeah, he was out here in the streets. Yeah, he you know he was doing whatever he was doing, but he was also working. He was also a chef. He was also making sixteen dollars an hour when minimum wage was nine seventy five. Right, like That's he was also about. learning how to be financially stable and how to bank account over here and, and have financial coaching and a job coaching and mentoring. Right, mm-hmm. so now that he's getting all this money, you see the change, you see the cars, but he got his stuff together. Right, mm-hmm. he got a kid now, like he knows what he knows how to operate all that. So, we I definitely get it, you know, when we talk about the grind, but for me personally, it's a lot that we as artists. The DJs, like, it's a lot that we all added to the way these artists feel. And then the music industry changed on, you know, it was Mm. way different. Like, they Mm. had to do a bunch of different stuff or fit in just in order to get any type of notoriety. See, we didn't necessarily have to do that. We had to be unique. Everybody want the same sound. Def Jam want the same sound as Sony, who want the same sound as Electra. You know what I'm saying? So they have to conform. They have to conform. So, yeah. I would, I would still like to see that grind, though. Oh, like I would love hunger. to see the grind. I would, yeah. I would love to see that hunger. And that's... But this, the digital age, too. Like, yeah. we got and our that's flyers. That's what I love. I love but, the, the the innovation of these kids. But I don't even kids. see it with that. Like, to me, that would make it easier to grind, right? Do you understand how, how much sleep I would have got if I could have just <laughs> promoted y'all digitally? Like that's insane to me. It's I, I think I struggle with the entitlement, though, that I feel like the industry created, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you get this many views on YouTube, you should be, you know, certified at this, that, and the other. And and to me, that's trash. Right. To me, that's trash. And I think that's actually part of the beauty of it when I think of um, artists like. Um, or the songs like Old Town Road that a $30 Fruity Loops beat can, you know, sit for some years, but all of a sudden it goes on YouTube and yeah. then it skyrockets. Yeah. Um, so I think that's part of the beauty of this digital age. But it's so fitting that we're talking about music because at the end of my shows, I always ask the guests, no matter what the topic is, what is your favorite song and why? My favorite song is Adele, Make You Feel My Love. When the rain is blowing in your face And the whole world is on your case I could offer you a warm embrace To make you feel my love You 
you're talking about the packaging, I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Told you. I am yeah, so shocked. It's my favorite song because it fits in so many different realms. Mm-hmm. Like it could be a love song. It could be uplifting. It could be mm-hmm. a uh, like a sad. I'm sorry. I miss you. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it, it fits so many different worlds. But it's like it's a word. It's a it's a song that where the words are so powerful. Uh, when the rain is is blowing in your face, and the whole world is on your case. Uh, I can offer you all. You know. It's just it's. It give you this. It give you this mindset that you know what, I'm there. Mm. You know, like my mom. See, my mom used to call me. She'd be like, "Sing um, NDRE, sing this church song, right?" And so you know, I always sing. You know, well, can you sing want. a little bit of the Adele song? Yeah, I sing. Don't tell nobody. Okay. Well, I mean, you it's gonna, it's to. gonna go on Spotify and. Well, this ain't Bruce Apple. no more. This is. Uh, <laughs> You, so do you have another alter ego is, for when you sing? This is weirdo. Yeah, this is weirdo. So there's Bruce Oops Weirdo. Yeah, weirdo was in St. Louis Superman. Weirdo was a group that we started in um, in Atlanta, and we all sang and rap. He's like the hood version of Black Eyed Peas. Only he's way more talented. Um, but yeah, that's where it started. That's now funny. look, I told y'all I could hold a note. I ain't told y'all I could sing. sing. <laughs> all right, but. Um, when the rain is blowing in your face And the whole world is on your case I could offer you a warm embrace To make you feel my love When the evening shadows and the stars appear and there ain't no one there to dry your tears. I can hold you for a million years to make you feel my love. That's all you get. That's dope. <laughs> That's my wow. favorite song, man. That's my favorite song. I have song. to add that to my Spotify playlist. Uh, look, I was oh. just bumping it on the way here. That's great. Devil is Truth yeah, was the with truth. F's, not T-H. <laughs> F's. Now, JP. And she got that pen. Oh, yeah, for Ooh. sure. What's your favorite song and why? Uh, so I would say I'm Coming Back by Layla Hathaway. Mm. So Layla Hathaway, if you ever want to see me go fangirl, Layla. Really? <laughs> that, that, so y'all that, really fooled me with these packages today. Uh, so that song, to me, I think it's, 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 it uh, serves the same purpose. It's, it's levels, depending on where you are with that song. But her voice, like, like literally, it's like butter. Like yeah. That woman can sing. She could probably sing the alphabet backwards, and I mm-hmm. would throw my entire wallet. Yeah, she could sing her. the phone she book. Just, I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anything, Layla, but I'm coming back by Layla. It's definitely my favorite song. That's so dope. Well, Bruce, as our strong friend, uh, what I want to know most definitely is how we can support you um, because you are our treasure. Like, you know how people joke about Betty White and they always want to check to see, like, check on Betty White, make sure she's good. That's how I feel about you. We need to always check on you, make sure you're good, and, and make sure that you're safe and happy and whole. So what can we do to support you? Um. I- 
this going to sound the best way to support, especially those in St. Louis, mm-hmm. right? The best way you can support me is by carrying on the legacy of doing this work. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm straight. Mm-hmm. Of course, I, you know, those who have a personal connection with me, those who feel any type of way, they can always tap in on me, right? Mm-hmm. I'm all, I'm very approachable. I'm on social media. I answer all my own stuff, you know. But for me, when it comes to St. Louis, man, like, we are at a time where we need each other. Mm-hmm. Like, these politicians ain't going to fix what's going on. The police ain't going to fix what's going on, right? It's going to take us. Yeah. It's going to take the community members. It's going to take the radio hosts. It's going to take the rappers. It's going to take the podcast hosts. It's going to take everybody who has some type of platform, right, mm-hmm. who has some type of voice that can authentically speak to what's going on, right, who can come together with community resources to fix what's going on because these politicians are not going to do it, and that's coming from a former politician, right? Wow. It's a reason why I'm not there no more. I wanted to do the work. Mm-hmm. It's prosperity in our poverty. When we fix what's going on, it's a lot of people up top that lose their job. It's a lot of people that lose position. Mm-hmm. So they would rather for people die. They would rather for people be in poverty, to be yeah. impoverished, right? In order to, 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 to keep uplifting them and to keep their position solidified. I don't care who hears this, right? Like I was sent here to be a messenger and they know I ain't scared of nothing. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, like, that's the truth. So it's going to take us to fix it. So the way that folks can, 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 can support me is by helping me save St. Louis, whatever way you feel the need. I can, I ain't, I ain't, I, I'm not here to tell you how, mm-hmm. right? We all come from her. We all seen the, the, the challenges and barriers that we face her, right? Pick something. Find something. Find something that you can do to reach a part of the community that you know is hurting, that you know is suffering, because these folks ain't out here killing each other because they want to wake up and kill each other, right? These folks ain't out here robbing, stealing, and killing because they they just want to rob, steal, and kill, right? Like, these are oppressive systems that's been put in place to force communities into poverty. The root cause of all of this is poverty. And so when you put people, yeah, you put people in these, you put people in these positions and then they're going to survive. We've been in survival mode the moment they brought us over, right? Why, why would we think that it's so far fetched for us not to be in survival mode? Because we can drive cars now. We can vote a little bit now. We, we can have certain positions. No, we still going to be in survival mode because that generational trauma, those same, you know, systemic racism and, and oppressive system have been handed down. Mm-hmm. Right, and we still operating in the same ones we was operating with in 400 years ago, and so they ain't gonna fix it. The system know how to fix the system. Let them figure it out. Right, when these kids out here turn stuff up, don't condemn them. Go hug them. Yeah. Don't tell them what they shouldn't. Don't get on Facebook and oh they turn up they because they ain't on your Facebook feed. Right, mm-hmm. they out here in the streets. So if you ain't gonna get out here in the streets with them, send somebody that you know gonna get out in the streets. And if you ain't gonna send nobody, shut the hell up and sit back. Because at the end of the day, like, it's going to take us, it's going to take us, it's going to take us, it's going to take love. And the moment we all capture that, the on- moment we all hone in on that is the moment we're going to save our city, y'all. Wow. Operate in love and do the work. That's it. 
And how can we find you uh, for those who may be listening in who are not from St. Louis? Because everybody from St. Louis should know how to find you. But <laughs> uh, Bruce Bruce Franks Jr. Um, B R U C E F R N K S J R. That's on all my social media platform. That's my email. Just add Gmail to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, flash the Superman signal in the sky. Whatever it is you need to do. Uh, smoke signals. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> everywhere. I'm everywhere all the time. So, you know, you, you never know when you're going to run into me. But social media is the best way because I'm always on. Um, and I'm very per- – I got to tell people this because they, they say I'm intimidated. And they say, oh, well, you don't smile. I'm black. I ain't got to <laughs> smile all the time. But, you know, I'm, I'm very personable. I'm very approachable. So just just hit me up. Just inbox me. It's all good. Just don't inbox me on no, no BS. But mm-hmm. we all good. Awesome. And JP, the legend – how can people reach out to you and find you on social media? Social media, JPCEO, uh, Facebook only, the number one JPCEO on Twitter and Instagram. Because it's only one. Yeah, there is only one. It's only one. It's You're only absolutely one. right. They broke the mold when they was done it's, making it. It's only one. So you can reach out. I, I, again, I, I'm not fancy. I am not intimidating. You just have to have the conversation. That's right? It. You just got to have a conversation. You got to ask. Just like you. And did. I can I can attest to that because in in the instance of both of you, I was so intimidated by your resumes and who you are and your reputation. And I was like, I, there's no way that I could ever approach, you know, and, and when I do, I need to come correct and I need to have my own Man, resume and I need to have all this money. Girl, she was on the podcast. She was on um D Smooth, right? Yeah. I'm watching because D Smooth, my little brother. <laughs> so I'm watching. And, you know, I, I'm tapped in. I'm already into what they talking about. It's just like mental health check on your friend. I'm like, oh, this is dope. And D Smooth, you know, was like, what's up, big bro, Bruce Franks, blah, blah, blah. And she like, oh, that's, you know, that's a guess I'd love to have. I'm like, let's do it. Yeah. In- inbox, what's up? What you trying to do? Is it, I'm going to be in town. We good? And I was shocked, too, because it was one of those things where, you know how some people will say something publicly. I was like, he probably don't mean that. But he did. He went the extra mile, and he reached out again and was like, when are we going to make this happen? So, And then that's when I got the text. Yeah, I text JP immediately, and I was like, yo, I got like, this opportunity. Guess what? I was like, this, what this opportunity fell in my lap. He's going to be in St. Louis. He said he's not staying too far away uh, from Kazi. I'm like, how can we, you know, link this up and make this happen? So, oh, um, man, I would have flew here. Like, this, that's what type of time I'll be on. Like, it, especially when folks doing what's, like, what you doing, like, we're not talking about, we're not talking about mental health. We're not talking about this idea of, you know, checking on your strong friends. Everybody expect us to be good. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what captured me, you know, because I'm that person that somebody had to check on, right? Yeah. And fortunately, I answered that call. So, man, look, don't, I, I get it, you know what I'm saying? But let me give you your flowers right now. Like, you dope. I told you. Yeah, no, I don't. You got the glow. Yeah, know how dope you are. Know your worth. Like you, no, you, you, you demand those. You know when you asking for those interviews, you talking to people. Like no, like it ain't, it ain't. It's not the thing of oh, you know, it would be, it would be an honor to have. You know, that's cool. No, it's an honor to sit down with you too, right? You a black woman doing, doing something. You know, no, we, this we need to be uplifting. So, no, know your worth. Know how dope you are. Right. See, I didn't throw me off. <laughs> Told you no. What what did I say though? I was like, oh, so this is this is what happened. She took one of my podcast workshops, right? Mm-hmm. So during the workshop, I actually make them record. Like you don't get to sit there and just listen to me. You actually set your stuff up the whole nine. And um, when she 
got done, I was like, man, you got the glow. Like, I was like, you you going to do something special. <laughs> and um, so she set up her very first episode. It was supposed to be this first episode. Intro. Dry run. Yeah, and I intro made that thing. on Canva. Like, yeah. that graphic, I just made that yeah. on my phone. And so I'm <laughs> on sitting, Canva fire. <laughs> I'm sitting there, and Canva she goes fire. through her dry run rehearsal. Flawless. What? Sound like Oops rap. I said, now wait a minute. <laughs> okay, nobody sound like oops. No, shut today. seriously. When I tell you, as soon as she started recording, she was in the zone. Wow. She literally sat there and delivered an entire episode as if she had been doing it ten years. Oh, that's dope. Told you, dope. I seen it. I seen it from your kind. We ain't talked to each other not one time, Mm-mm. right? Don't know each other really. From a can of paint. Mm-hmm. Like, man, like, yeah, let's do it. Because I seen your conversation. Your conversation was already genuine. Like, that's the thing about when I get invited to podcasts, like, it got to be genuine. Like, yeah. no, it ain't, you know, we're not doing this structures, you know. You know no, nah, we, we ain't got to be formal. And that's honestly why the questions were thrown out the window. Because all of my questions were in line, you know, with the same people that I saw you on this week. Because, of course, that is the bulk of what you're known for. But it was like watching the documentary, I'm like, nah, I, I got to know about that person. Yeah. That person that's talking to that statue of his brother. Right. That person that's sitting there reminiscing with his mom. The person right. that's, you know, sitting with his son, having this moment, and then his son is at the end leading the march. Like, I need to know that guy. Facts. So, yeah, all the questions were not the <laughs> Well, thank you so much uh, for your time today. It has been beyond a pleasure uh, to sit down with you, Bruce Franks Jr., the St. Louis Superman, Oscar-nominated, <laughs> former state representative, poet, uh, oops, the battle rapper, weirdo, the singer. Did I get, did I get all of them? Yeah, you got it all. I think you added one. It's all good. No, she good for adding. She will add. And then, of course, JP, CEO, thank you so much for sitting in and uh, being my guest for the first time. Uh, long overdue, but perfect for the season finale uh, for it to be the culmination. Um, and, again, you are just amazing. 14-year entrepreneur in so thank many you, things, managing, consulting, uh, marketing, branding, Arborist. I can never leave that out. (laughs) So thank you so much for sitting down. It has been a pleasure um, for everyone listening to Check On Your Strong Friends, the podcast that is the friend that everyone needs, hosted by myself, Lauren Spearman, the bounce back advocate on In The Zone Network. We thank you so much for taking the time and tuning in. Until next season, it has been a pleasure uh, being your strong friend if you need to reach out to me go ahead to instagram to at check on your strong friends dm me give me feedback let me know how you're doing um you know wellness check so i can check in with you and i can make sure that you're personally good i answer those myself so reach out to me love and light from l have a good day